What is going on, Nuggets Nation? It is Anilo Piro of Mile High Sports back at it again with the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Hope everybody is doing well here on this Friday afternoon. Well, I guess it's still technically Friday morning while I'm recording, but uh, the first week of the new year, 2021, about to come to a close here on Friday, January 8th. Hope everyone... Uh, Staying safe, staying warm. It's freezing out here, and I gotta, man, I gotta do something about my setup in my basement. I'm in the, I'm in my folks' basement right now. I just finished up college, and I got my desk, or it's not even a desk; it's like a card table that I'm working on, um, <laughs> set up right next to the window. And the draft is brutal right now, so I'm feeling fine on my right side, but my left side, which is facing the window, is uh, not all that warm right now so gonna have to adjust the setup here in a little bit but hope everybody is doing well guys and uh, thank you guys so much for joining me here uh, whether you listen here on friday or saturday this is kind of like the first reactionary podcast that i've decided to do uh if you've been listening since the start of the season a lot of my po- or majority of my podcasts i believe uh all except the one james harden one and the conversation that i had with jeff morton um, have been, you know, previews talking about the betting and, and all that kind of stuff. But there is a, there's a lot to talk about with Denver Nuggets right now. Some news dropping involving Michael Porter Jr., uh, you know, moments before game time last night, and obviously the game itself against the Dallas Mavericks and, you know, what a debacle that was for Denver, who's now 3-5 and five on the season. And, uh, of course, this upcoming matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers, who are dealing with uh, kind of a COVID crisis situation at the moment, uh, with uh, Seth Curry having recently tested positive for coronavirus. And, obviously, this this came while he was sitting on the bench uh, in the game last night. And so nobody really knows what the hell's happening with Philadelphia right now. So... Yeah, but before we get started, guys, if you want to follow me, you can do so on social media at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I was kind of dishing out some knowledge last night about the game, and you know, I I thought about recording this podcast as soon as I got home, or even you know, just from the arena itself. I didn't have my equipment, so I didn't do that. But um, you know, because I had a lot of thoughts about the game last night, but I definitely wanted to take a moment to take a step back, let it all kind of simmer. Um, and, and kind of reflect, and I'll kind of go through my Twitter feed here because that's kind of like a cultivation of my thoughts about last night's game and just kind of, you know, where this team stands, should they be concerned, all that kind of stuff. And I also uh, am going to chop up some of the audio from the press conferences um, from last night, so you guys will hear from Jamal Murray, and I think I'm going to sneak a little Michael Malone uh, bite in here as well. So I think it's important for you guys to really hear what these guys have to say, followed by my opinion. And, you know, I, I want to treat this like a radio show. So that's what I'm going to try to do. So, yeah, this is going to be a good reactionary episode after, you know, the Denver Nuggets last night. They uh, lost to the Dav- Dallas Mavericks, and it was just, uh, it was brutal. Right, hold on. I can't. My phone's glitching. There it is. 124 to 117. Um, in a game, you know, that was really, it was interesting because in the first half, really, Denver, the first quarter especially, you know, there was just the defensive intensity was there on both ends of the floor. You know, both Dallas and Denver were playing super strong defense. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, while we were expecting Michael Porter Jr. to play yesterday, you know, I thought Will Barton did a, uh, did a good job in certain spots, you know, and, and it, it didn't look like the Nuggets had necessarily f- dropped off once again. You know, it seemed like Denver, you know, they played yesterday as they had, you know, the rest of the season. It looks like the same team that we're watching right now, um, you know, kind of play out in front of our eyes that we've seen here early on. So, man, I, my phone's like notifying me that someone's texting me, but no one's texting me. That's so weird. Um, so... You know, Luca and company come into town last night 
take advantage of the Denver Nuggets who, you know, were expecting to have Michael Porter Jr. back. Obviously, he did not return, um, as I just stated. And, you know, they were. it's not like they were completely healthy themselves. You know, we saw um, Luka Doncic really kind of be the one-man show for the Dallas Mavericks last night. There was uh, no Chris Stapps Porzingis for Dallas, and it really didn't make much of a difference. I mean, Luka Doncic was absolutely sensational last night uh, through and through, and that was actually my first time uh, watching Doncic up close, and I was blown away. I mean, this is a guy who's right around my age, and it's just like, like just to, just to see someone you know, like n- knowing how young he is, and, and just knowing you know the type of players he's going up against, and Paul Millsap and Will Barton and Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, and for him to just dominate like he did yesterday was just so impressive to see. Uh, Thirty-eight points for Doncic, thirteen assists, and nine rebounds. Uh, so a rebound short of a triple double. Uh, just an absolutely stellar performance from probably. I mean, I, I think he is the better European player right now. Uh, not right now. Nikola Jokic has been on a superstar level, but I mean, oh, it's just so tough. Like, who's better, Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic? I think most people, if you're building a franchise, would take Luka Doncic because of the position that he plays. It's a little easier to build around a guard than it is a center. But I mean, it's a one A one B, and it's not like Nikola Jokic, you know. It's not like he uh, didn't play well last night either. He had a double-double, 38 points, 11 rebounds, just four assists. And uh, this comes when he was just getting – this is the thing. And (laughs) Nuggets Twitter was going off about this. And there's there's truly some validity to it. And I'm not one for conspiracy theories, especially when it comes to the refs. But – Denver can they don't get any whistles, especially Nikola Jokic. I mean, I mean the the Nuggets like doubled up on the amount of personal fouls called against compared to the Dallas Mavericks last night, and Jokic was getting called on these ticky tack fouls. There was pokes uh, out there. I think it was an, it was either an overtime or right before overtime. Uh, the Luka Doncic three, Gary Harris got called for a non call foul. I mean, if you look at the replay, it was a, it was a bogus call. Um, you know, the whistle police was out in full forces and they have been out in full forces against the Nuggets since the start of the season. So, you know, I'm not making excuses. Denver did not play well enough to win last night, but I mean, truly an egregious performance from the referees. I mean, truly. And, and the Nuggets aren't one, you know, Nikola Jokic was complaining on the court. Michael Malone was furious, but you know, this is par for the course, you know, so it's, it's nothing new for the Nuggets, but just watching it unfold live, it's just, it's, it's bewildering how these refs do, you know, make some of these calls and how it's just so one-sided. And I'm, I'm really not even trying to be a homer. I'm, I'm about to dive in and rip this team. I'm just saying uh, from an objective point of view, the refs screwed Denver, you know, big time on a few calls last night. Jokic had four fouls, I think, like two minutes into the third quarter. So, I mean, that's obviously going to alter your play style down the stretch in the third and the fourth quarter. Uh, it didn't really come into play, but still, I mean, it's, you know, psychologically, it's going to play a role there. So, you know, you got to bring up the refs. And, and like I said, I'm not making excuses for Denver. They did not play well enough to win last night, but it was just an egregious performance through and through for the referees. And, and they didn't do Denver any favors. So let's leave it at that. But, um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, the reality of the situation is now the Denver Nuggets are three and five, and it sucks. You know, it's 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 really unfortunate that Denver, you know, is at this point, especially you know when they got off to this hot start, when they you know, or excuse me, like when they got off to a hot start in the game defensively. You know, it seemed like they were able to kind of buckle down. It seemed like they were maybe starting to turn the tide a little bit. Michael Green playing well, coming off the bench. Gary Harris had his best game of the season last night as well. Jamal Murray had a super strong showing in the first half, but just completely disappeared in the second half, especially in the clutch. Um, you know, and Denver was really able to kind of put their best foot forward yesterday when Nikola Jokic really struggled in the first half. And I tweeted it out. Let me go pull up my uh, little timeline here. 
you know, because usually we've been kind of accustomed to Jokic coming out blazing hot early on in, in these games, and that was not the case last night. You know, Denver was able to establish an early lead um, with Jokic. Where are his lines? I know I tweeted them out. Look at me not being organized. What else is new? There we go. Uh, the Nuggets were up in the second quarter. Jokic had just five points and two assists, and he was only two of ten from the field at that point. Um, obviously, things had changed, and Jokic kind of took over as the rest of the team started to fade away. So there, there's that dynamic again of just not being able to get on the same page, uh, you know, with Jokic and the rest of the Nuggets team. So it's unfortunate, and I think that this is a game that the Nuggets truly pissed away. Uh, it was an opportunity, you know, I wrote uh, my title for my podcast yesterday on Mile High Sports was, you know, I, I viewed it as a gut check game for Denver. And... You know they failed the gut check. You know they got they got knocked down. And they haven't necessarily gotten back up. You know really uh, since the start of the season. And I thought yesterday was a real nice opportunity for Denver to get a quality win. And that's the biggest thing here is Denver is still in search of their first full quality win of the season. The Nuggets have three wins this year, and all of them have been you know games that they should have won. You know you're talking about the game at home against the Houston Rockets, and, and James Harden is on that team, yes, but there was no John Wall, there was no DeMarcus Cousins, the Rockets were completely decimated, and then, okay, two wins against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were without Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, you want to pat yourself on the back for that, you know, be my guest, but that's nothing to hang your hat on in my book, so, you know, last night would have been, even though the Mavericks didn't have Chris Tapps Porzingis, you know, Luka Doncic is a game-changing elite top five player in the game right now, he really is, and anytime you can beat that beat that type of a player, um, you know, in, in convincing fashion or, you know, doing the little things right down the stretch, you know, that's a quality win in my books. And it, it looked like it was shaping up for that for a minute there. You know, like I said, excellent defensive play uh, in the first quarter for Denver, the first half of that first quarter. And it just didn't carry over throughout the rest of the game. You know, Nikola Jokic turned it on. He was exceptional in the clutch, but everybody else, you know, when the pressure got turned up, they kind of failed. So, um, a little bit of a dose of reality there, you know, it's just uh, Denver unable to close it out when they need to. And, and like I said, I think that's that's the big talking point here is the lack of a quality win here for the Denver Nuggets. And I think that's what's concerning. And, you know, I was talking with some people after the game and I saw this notion thrown out there on Twitter that, you know, if Nikola Jokic doesn't save the day and if Nikola Jokic isn't playing at this level, you know, there's a damn good chance that the Nuggets are 0-8. I mean, you have to take an opportunity to digest that. There is a realistic opportunity that the Denver Nuggets are winless if Nikola Jokic is not playing at the level in which he is because the rest of the team has been booty. Like, just absolutely egregious, the performance we're seeing from the rest of the squad right now. You know, Murray's had a couple of one-off nice performances, but, I mean, I, I could count. I mean, the amount of clutch shots that he missed last night in the fourth quarter and in overtime, it's just, it's not acceptable for someone making $25-plus million a year. I understand he's 23 years old. I understand it. You've heard me ramble about how you he has these built-in excuses because of age and blah, 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 and, you know, maybe he's still getting into shape and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day is Nikola Jokic drained that shot, send it to overtime without a doubt, no hesitation. He, he wanted the ball. He knew where he needed to be. You know, it, 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 he has that superstar mentality, and the rest of the team is not feeding it, is not living up to expectations, and it's just unfortunate. You know, and, and, and Jamal Murray, you know, you, you, he's got to shoulder the load there to an extent, so... It sucks, guys, but uh, I, I do want to play this audio from last night, Jamal Murray on last night's loss. He answers a, a handful of questions here, so about three or four minutes of audio that I want to let you guys listen to, uh, and just listen to the tone of his voice here 
because that's something that I, I picked up on and uh, I saw circulating on Twitter as well as it seems like, you know, it was a playoff. There was a playoff intensity to the game last night. I mean, just I, I know, you know, there was no fans or anything like that. But I mean, you could definitely feel the pressure from where I was sitting. You know, Denver locked into this game, frustrated with the with the lack of foul calls and, and the way the whistles were going. And, uh, you know, they, they, they lost an opportunity to, you know, get that first quality win of the season. And, and, you know, Malone after the game sounded defeated. Jokic sounded defeated. Gary Harris was given, you know, three, four word answers. And uh, now we have Jamal Murray. So here's what Jamal had to say after the loss. Remember, guys, he uh, did not perform all that well in the clutch last night. So it's always interesting to kind of get his perspective here. Let me pull up his stat line for you guys here real quick before we get to the Jamal Murray audio, because that helps paint a picture as well. And Jamal finished with 21 points, four rebounds, and nine assists. And I don't know off the top, but I would say at least 15 to 16 of those points came in the first half. He really disappeared in the second half. So uh, here's what Jamal Murray has to say about the loss last night against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll start with Mike Singer. Hey, Jamal. Uh, Malone credited your guys' defense in the first half and then just said it fell apart in the second half. What do you think was the difference? Um, they made some adjustments. Um, it's not just, you know, I was playing defense and getting worse throughout the game. I think they made some adjustments, which you know, messed, up, messed us up a little bit. Um, they got some good looks with the single side tags. Um, just trying to manipulate our, manipulate our low man. Um, and they're a good team. They have a lot of shooters. Um, and Lucas is trying to pick us apart with passing. So um, it's tough, but um, it's going to be better. It's just a tough game. I guess it was a long game overtime, so uh, the ball was in our hands. We could have won the game uh, a few times. Um, just didn't happen. All right, we'll go to Tomer Barazani. Hey, Jamal. Uh, you guys found out just before the game that MPJ wasn't going to play tonight. So how did that change your game plan going into tonight? And how does the team respond to something like that? It didn't. We didn't have him before. Um, we didn't have them all last year, so it didn't change much. Um, we'd like we'll to go to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamal. Sorry. We'll go to Kendra Andrews. Jamal, Gary said that right now you guys aren't at a point um, to celebrate moral victories or to have moral victories. Do you agree with that? What did you say? Um, Gary said that you guys are at a point where there aren't any moral victories. Do you agree with that? Come on, I mean, we lose the game. We lose the game. You know, just not win internally. Um, you can credit your effort um, towards the game. Not that it didn't go your way, but uh, no, nah, we lost. It showed up on statue as an L. So uh, gotta get better and uh, move on to the next one. We'll go back to Mike Singer. Hey, Jamal, without trying to offer up any kind of excuse. Um, is it at all overwhelming to play with everything going on in the country right now? Um, I mean, I'm not from here. I, I know what's going on. Um, I, you know, we, we you know, did what we did. Uh, most outstanding did. Uh, just you know, showing that we, we're, not, we're not trying to change the topic here. You know, we're playing basketball. And, um, this is our job. It's about how we put food on the table. But there's big, bigger issues going on. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys were able to shed some light on that with the other teams and the mass discussions and stuff. So appreciate you guys. Um, it means a lot to us. You know, we use our platform. So um, no, but playing basketball has nothing to do with that right now. Um, we just gotta go out there and, and uh, 
Yeah, thank you. All right, we'll go to Alexander Zigic. Uh, Jamal, how do you um, see for a while this will be uh, a victory for sure, but ends up being a loss? So, what do you think happened overall uh, that it ended up being 4 4 uh, for the Nuggets at this point? I don't understand your question. Sorry, say it again. It seems like it'll be a victory during the, uh, much of the game, and that being a loss. Oh. Uh, what do you think happened? Like I said, I think they just made some adjustments, and um, if I knew the answer, we wouldn't lose. You know, it's one of those things where you can go back on, on film and, and look at all your mistakes and all that stuff. But you know, in the moment in the game, you just got to be a little bit better. And I think you know the fourth quarter I had some really good looks that just didn't drop that normally drop. And uh how many free throws a joker miss? Like we have so many different opportunities where we could have just been everybody could have just been better. Um guys retired. I played 46, Joe played 41, Gary played 40, Drew played 35. It's a long game, it's a hard game, you know what I'm saying? So um and we just, like I said, we just gotta be better and um we'll find ways to figure it out. Uh like I said, we had the game, we had the game. Um, we just didn't close, close the way we should have the way we normally do. All right, I have time for one more, but I currently don't have any hands. All right, we'll finish with Mike Singer. Um, Malone specifically cited that three-pointer from Kleba to end the game. He said the game never should have gone to overtime in the first place. Um, what happened on that play? No, we just switched it. Uh, uh, Luca tried to go middle. Gary tried to, to reach and try to help out. And you know, we, we hit a three. It was a good play. They tried to. They were going to set a player screen for him to do as well. Um, that was a quick hitter. That's that's what happened. I'm playing the same thing you watching. All right, so that was Denver Nuggets guard Jamal Murray about the loss to the Dallas Mavericks last night. So I hope you guys found that insightful. Going to definitely start incorporating more of that post-game audio here moving forward for you guys. I think that's going to really help paint a picture. Uh, you know, I mean, you guys, you hear it on the radio, you hear it on the TV, so why not hear it in your podcast, right? So uh, the one thing that you do have to appreciate about Jamal Murray, in my personal opinion, is, you know, he, he takes accountability. And that's why you like Jamal Murray. Is he's a high-character player. Uh, he's a smart player. And... He's, he's a hard worker, you know, and no excuses in his voice, you know, nothing, he, you know, you could tell that, you know, there's a little sadness or, you know, a little bit of a letdown, you know, because that was a game that they should have won, quite frankly, but, um, you know, there's, there's a sense of accountability in his voice as well, which I think is great, so... Um, you know, he needs to play better, though. And the reality of the situation is, you know, as, as great of a high character guy as he is, you know, if the Nuggets are going to have these championship aspirations, he's going to need to knock down some of those tough contested jump shots, some of those tough three pointers, you know, late in these games in the fourth quarter in overtime. And if they can't and if he can't, it's going to be a real it's going to be a real issue for the Denver Nuggets. So and obviously, I'm not trying to say that the Denver Nuggets should trade Jamal Murray. I think, like I said, he, he's he's part of their core. He's one of their he's their second best player. Um, you know, but w- with these championship aspirations, you know, like I said, Nikola Jokic is playing at that championship level and he, they need to surround him with championship players. And I, I firmly believe that Jamal Murray can be that guy. Obviously we saw him play at that extreme level. Um, sorry about that. We saw him play at that extremely high level back in, uh, in the bubble and, He's going to need to return to that form and play play like that over the course of the rest of the season, you know, if, if Denver wants to have some serious championship aspirations. So we'll have to see how that goes. But, um, yeah, so that was uh, the interview with Jamal Murray. Now, obviously, uh, there was a couple questions in there about Michael Porter Jr., and that's the other big news of the day or of uh, just 
whatever happened, however long your timeline is, today, yesterday, whatever it is. Um, it seems like Michael Porter Jr. is going to be out another five to six games here, potentially, guys. Um, the reasoning, somewhat unclear. Let me pull up the tweet here from uh, Mr. Shams. But um, it seems like there was some sort of additional issue with his COVID protocol or something like that. Let me see. I'll re- I want to read it to you exactly as Sham says it, and then I'll give you my opinion. Here we go. Shams. Denver Nuggets forward Michael Porter Jr. is facing a minimum of 10 additional quarantine days due to health and safety protocols. And then he goes on with a follow-up tweet saying Porter Jr. finished a seven-day quarantine this week due to contact tracing protocols and now faces an additional quarantine period in the 10 to 14-day range, sources said. So uh, basically, something happened during Michael Porter Jr.'s quarantine either he didn't quarantine fully there was a breach of protocol maybe he then tested positive i'm just speculating none of this is confirmed by the way uh nobody knows what happened and nobody's probably ever going to find out what happens you know this is something medically related this really isn't any of our business anyway um but i mean i think it's safe to assume that there was some sort of breach in protocol or he tested positive himself but he already had coronavirus if i remember correctly uh back during the bubble so I, I don't know. But basically, <laughs> the reality of the situation is from a basketball perspective, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is likely not going to be available for the Denver Nuggets uh, over the next five or six games, um, you know, which is, you know, at that point, you're going to be almost 20 games deep into the season. So that's a tough loss for the Denver Nuggets uh, to kind of handle. But some information there on Jamal Murray. Um, he kind of said, you know, he wasn't here last year. You know, he was there in the bubble, but he was a role player then. You know, it's nothing new for Denver. And, and that is the reality of the situation is, you know, Denver has kind of been banking on Michael Porter Jr. to be that third pillar. And, um, you know, he's had some uh, – he, he's not necessarily the biggest fan of, you know, everything happening in the world right now with COVID and how we're handling it. And, um, you know, you just – you know, you hope that he's able to, you know, buckle down and do what he needs to do to get back on the court, you know. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that he – you know, I don't I don't know what happened. But it, it's just – something must have happened, you know, either on his end or the Nuggets' end um, that has resulted in him now being forced to miss another five to six games here potentially. So – and that, and that's an L. That's a loss. And, and you can't look at it any other way, whether it was him – you know, getting COVID, whether it was him breaching the protocol, whether it was him getting arrested, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you as a as a player, you know, you have a responsibility to your teammates, you know, and to the fan base and to the organization, you know, to do everything in your power to be out there, you know, as consistently as possible, you know, bearing injury or anything, you know, in personal in that sense. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a bizarre situation. But Denver looking like they're going to be without Michael Porter Jr. here for the next game. Uh, next handful of games here. So that's certainly going to impact them. And you're going to see a lot more Will Barton. So uh, we'll have to see how that all plays out. And who knows, it could be a good thing for the Denver Nuggets. It could be a bad thing. Um, You know, like I said, we're going to have to just see how this all kind of shakes out for Denver. But, you know, Will Barton's a player that's been there and done that. So, you know, you hope they're going to kind of be able to stem the tide and roll over, you know, and hopefully get a few wins here coming up. But let's take a look at these games that Michael Porter Jr. might be missing here for Denver. Let me pull up their schedule here. And uh, it's definitely a good time to talk about this upcoming game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, you know, they're going to play tomorrow at 1 o'clock, it appears. Uh, Philadelphia 7-2 and two this season, but <clears throat> it appears that Seth, you know, there was an issue yesterday with Seth Curry where, um, you know, he basically te- they found out that he tested positive for COVID while he was on the bench. So, I mean, I, I honestly don't want to dive all that much into this game because I don't even know if it's going to be played. It could be postponed. 
um, not a lot of information regarding the status of this game. So, uh, but Denver is you know traveling to Philadelphia. They're set to play tomorrow one o'clock. But uh, uh, the next five games, so they got the one against Philly, and they're going to travel to play the Knicks on Sunday. And they're going to go up against the uh, Brooklyn Nets then on Tuesday. Then they're going to come home for a game against the Golden State Warriors on Wednesday. So that's the look at their next four games. And then so uh, if he's assuming he's going to miss the fifth game, uh, that would be on a Sunday against the Utah Jazz, the 17th. And if he missed a sixth game, that would be on the 19th against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So if uh, we're looking at it, the full six-game stretch, that means uh, Michael Porter Jr., the earliest he could return would be the 22nd against the Phoenix Suns, which is a ways away. So that, that's unfortunate if that is going to be the reality of the situation here for the Denver Nuggets. So hopefully that is not the case. Uh, I mean, you know what? I you can't even hope. It seems like that is going to be the case. So that's just the reality of it here for Denver. So uh, it's going to be a minute, you know, five, six games here with no Michael Porter Jr., which is, uh, it, it sucks, you know, because he was considered to be a cog in the rotation for the Denver Nuggets. So that's that's kind of what it is here. You know, it is what it is. Can't really do too much about it at this point. So we'll have to see how Denver uh, handles their rotations and all that kind of stuff here moving forward. But Let's uh, let's recap the betting stuff from this Mavericks game. One and one again, so uh, still a perfect five hundred now. Eight and eight on the year with my betting leans, um, and I really am so pissed because I should have gone two and zero. Oh. I really should have. Uh, I had the under two twenty four last night, and I took Dallas plus three and a half. And I, I said in my videos for DenverSportsBank.com, and I said it in the podcast yesterday as well, that I thought the Mavericks had a really nice opportunity to not just cover that spread, but went outright. And obviously that aspect of it happened, and damn, overtime killed me. You know, if that game does not go to overtime yesterday, if Nikola Jokic misses that shot, or if an extra free throw is made, or anything like that, if if the game doesn't go to overtime, the under cashes. So the worst way to lose an under bet is uh, when the game goes to overtime. And that's why I usually pick the overs, but... And I mean, I've picked the over all but two times now this season. And unfortunately, uh, the over cashes last night while I had the under. But the reality of the situation is the under was the right play yesterday. You know, you can't handicap overtime. You can't handicap any of that stuff. But the, the under truly was the right play. And, and that's the thing of betting is it, it's risk. You know, the, this stuff happens and uh, you're going to take your L and you got to roll over to the next day. So uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it would have been a night. It would have been nice to have a 2-0 and day with a correct pick against the spread and a pick on the over-under total. And it looked like I was actually way more confident in the under uh, in, throughout the first half of the game than I was the pick against the spread because it looked like Denver had their clamps on it. But, oh, the betting world. It is, uh, it's interesting. And speaking of the betting world, guys, if you want to get up to, if you want to stay up to date with all things sports betting here in Colorado, be, to check out, be sure to check out my work online at denversportsbetting.com, guys. We uh, cover local sports from a betting perspective, game previews, analysis, videos, all that good stuff. So be sure to check us out online, denversportsbetting.com, on Twitter, at Betting Denver, and Instagram and Facebook, at Denver Sports Betting. You're not going to want to miss out on this, guys. It's a it's a real good follow. And, you know, if you listened to the shows yesterday and read the content yesterday, you probably laid, you probably made a little bit of money. So uh, be sure to check us out again online, denversportsbetting.com. Sports betting 100% legal here in Colorado, so it's time for you guys to get in on the action. And we want to help you guys get an edge, get educated, all that good stuff at denversportsbetting.com. So uh, we'll have to see how this uh, plays out here for the Denver Nuggets with this next upcoming game against the Philadelphia 76ers coming up. Uh, in about less than eh, just a little over 24 hours now. It's 11.40 here in the Mile High City as I'm recording, and they've got this game scheduled for 1 o'clock local time. 
uh, in Philadelphia tomorrow. So that's going to do it for me, though, folks. I want to thank you guys so, so much for listening to the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on Mile High Sports. Once again, if you want to give me a follow on social media and follow what I'm doing out of the, you know, beyond this podcast, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. Would really appreciate it if you guys gave me a follow there. And then, of course, if you guys want to give me a like, rate, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff would greatly appreciate it as well. And uh, be sure to check out all the good work that we've got going on on MileHighSports.com. You know, I know Broncos season just got, you know, wrapped up, but Nugget season is in uh, full effect and the Avs start next week as well. So we're going to have you locked and loaded with all things Colorado sports coverage at MileHighSports.com, guys. So be sure to check us out there. And uh, just to recap, you know, the Denver Nuggets here, three and five. Um, you know, after a handful of games here this year, looking uh, to get a win tomorrow against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers are 7-2, and two, but uh, it could be a little bit of a toss-up cupcake game for the Denver if uh, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, COVID, if this COVID situation tends to boil over for the 76ers. And here's a little bit of a parting thought. I just got this update on my phone. Oh, this is the Broncos. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I'll throw it out there. Vikings assistant general manager George Patton, oh, that's a fun name, is meeting with uh, the Broncos today about their GM vacancy. I was like, Schefter, what? Um, I just saw Denver, and for some reason, like, Denver, whenever the word Denver pops in my head and I'm thinking about sports, the Nuggets always come up, not the Broncos, um, in my head. So, yeah, but... uh that's going to do it for me, folks. Again, once again, if you want to give me a follow on those social channels, at Media by AP, would really appreciate it, guys. Um, and check us out online, milehighsports.com, all that good stuff. And be sure to give us a like, rate, and subscribe on this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. But I'll be back uh, next week with uh, probably three or four podcasts, maybe a couple of guests as well, maybe talking some trades, uh, a State of the Union address uh, regarding the Denver Nuggets, all that good stuff. So you're going to want to be locked and loaded to that. So be sure to stay up to date with everything, and you can do that on my social media at Media by AP. All right, guys, I'm going to get on out of here. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your Saturday and Sunday. Super wild card weekend, all that good stuff, and I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, folks.